Hello there, my name is Brad and we are Grace Teaching today. Welcome. Remember to join us over at Quality of Life Grace Teaching Ministries on Facebook if you're there and looking for some encouragement. We're always a free Grace Teaching page there, so come on over and subscribe. Also, keep in mind we have YouTube. If you're uh, on YouTube, we also have Quality of Life Grace Teaching Ministry there as well. But here, this is our third part called No One is Right with God. And we talked about that in our first couple of uh, videos. And we're going to talk a little bit about that first of all before we get started on this message. But remember, Romans 3.10 is our key verse which backs this up where the Apostle Paul says, As the scriptures say, no one is right with God, no, not one. Some translations mention righteous. No one is righteous. No, not one. Keep in mind the word righteous, we get the Greek word dikaios, which means to be right in the sight of God. And so if nobody's right with God when we enter into this world, how do you get right with God? That's what we want to talk about. Remember, when we're born into this world, we're born in Adam. Sinners. Sinners are not right with God, okay? It was because of the disobedience of the one man that many entered into the world sinners. But because of the one obedient man, because of the obedience of the one, Jesus Christ, many were made right with God. And so we want to talk about that. Now that you're a new creature in Christ, and by the way, the way you get right with God is... Like Jesus mentioned to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. You have to be born again. Born from above. You see, it has to be a spiritual birth. It's not about effort. It's not about self-reliance, doing certain things. Okay? And so, when we received and believed in Jesus Christ... God gave us the right to be called children of God. You see, so we're made right with God at conversion by grace through faith. And now that we're new creatures in Christ, you know, we throw that verse around, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Anyone, is in, anyone in Christ is a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Well, it sounds really good, right? And a lot of us say, well, there's the butterfly and the caterpillar. There's your picture. But, you know, there's more to it than that. It's like a gift box. When we received that gift from God, it was like a gift box. You know, I asked a, a leader to a Bible study once. I asked him about that verse. I says, what does it mean to be a new creature in Christ? And he says, I don't know, but it's cool, isn't it? I'm like, Really? You don't really even know how to answer that? And you're a born-again Christian? And you've been a new creature in Christ for how long? Well, it just turns out that he's been a new creature in Christ for years. 15, 20 years. And he didn't know how to answer that question. What does it mean to be a new creature in Christ? Well, let's take a look at some verses here. Romans 3.22 says, We are made right with God by believing in Christ, Jesus it is no different for the Jew than for the Gentile. So, Paul is going to encourage 
us by saying, when we believed in Jesus Christ, we were made right with God. In fact, all people will be made right with God when they believe in Jesus Christ. Okay, so, but to activate the righteousness of God, which is life in Christ, and experience this reality is really to believe. And what does the word believe actually mean? Because Satan believes in Jesus, but he doesn't accept him. You see there? So the word believe actually is going to mean to accept. To accept Jesus Christ as personal Savior and Lord. You see, it's kind of like when I'm feeding a resident in the memory care unit. I'll sit down as a caregiver and I'll feed them their, their meals because they have forgotten how to eat. You know, they've lost that part of their brain that teaches them or shows them how to eat their meals. And so they're not able to feed themselves. So there comes a time where you have to actually feed them. And the thing about it is, is if they don't eat, they'll go hungry. And same with righteousness in Christ. See, we can't get right with God unless we accept the gift. It's given to us freely as a gift from God. But unless we accept it, we'll go hungry and we'll remain dead in our sin. You see, that's the problem. We have to accept it. So the word believe in the Greek language is pisteo. Part of speech is a verb. And so it's going to be an action taken on... It's going to be an action word. Verb means action. It's something that we actually have to do. An unbeliever has to do. Actively believe. It means to accept and then put confidence in one and to trust one. Meaning to accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, put your complete confidence in Him, what He's done for you. Remember, Jesus died for us so He could give His life to us, so He could transmit His life through us. And now to trust Him. Trust Him as Lord. That means the controller. The one who controls our steps. The one who controls us with His love. Okay? And so 1 Corinthians 1.30 is going to tell us this. That He, speaking of the Holy Spirit, has united you into Christ Jesus for your benefit now. God has made Him to be wisdom itself. Christ Himself made us right with God. You see, God's righteousness is available for all spiritually dead people who believe at the moment they're placed in Christ. The free gift of God's grace makes all of us right with Him. Christ Jesus paid the price to set us free. Romans 3.24 God made right with himself those who believe, meaning trust in Jesus. You see, and so once you're right with God, you're always right with God. That's not a, a spiritual treadmill. It's not, you, it's not a maintenance program. At conversion, we're made right with God as we're given the right to be called children of God. That goes with us forever. Okay? Not by human effort. Paul says this, we firmly, believe, we firmly believe that people are made right with God because of their faith. That means belief. They are not saved, meaning made right with God, by obeying the law. Not by human effort, folks. Not by self-reliance. And never, 
Never does Paul say to the body of Christ that you have to ask for forgiveness of sins. He, he never mentions that you have to confess your sins anymore, and he never says you have to ask for forgiveness. I challenge you to go through 13 of his letters that he wrote from prison, and in not one of those does he mention that you need to confess your sins. He mentions in Ephesians 1, 7, that through the blood of Jesus, our sins have been forgiven. Past tense, that means it's been done. It's, it's a done deal. So God gave him as a sacrifice to pay for sins. Romans 3, 25. I'm reading from the NIRV version. That's the New International Reader's version. God gave him as a sacrifice to pay for sins, so he forgives the sins of those who have faith, meaning belief, in his blood. You see there? So condemnation, you know, condemnation, if you look that up, it means to pronounce guilt or to pronounce guilty. You see the problem with that? Condemnation occurs in the Christian's life because they, we tend to ask God to forgive us when our sins already have been forgiven. See, instead of accepting total forgiveness, we're asking for something we already have. It was already paid for by the blood of Jesus. This has been the third part of No One is Right with God. Thank you for, God, for joining us.